Jimmy has finally arrived at the flying student's hardest stage, that of learning to land. Speed is well pleased at his pupil's rapid progress, but a veritable volcano growls beneath the surface calm. Jimmy is wildly excited over the conversation he and Dick Croft heard the night before outside Mike Jones' office window. And he feels a grave sense of responsibility since Captain Sweeney and Mr. Russell, the government special investigator, have taken him completely into their confidence regarding the missing plans of the new mysterious jet-propelled airplane. Upon completing the morning's flying lesson with speed, Jimmy was approached by Flash Lewis, who, with an air of great caution, divulged a bit of mysterious information. For several days, Flash had been missing small lead bars from the school supply room. He had just discovered that Major Moto was the thief. Jimmy cautioned Flash to say nothing of his discovery. It is now early afternoon, and Jimmy is on the line outside the Army Experimental Aircraft Factory. Speed is about to flight test the new jet-propelled fighter. Hi there, Speed. Hello, Jimmy. So you made it down here all right, huh? Oh, you bet I did. I wouldn't miss this for anything. It's awfully nice of you to let me come down. Oh, that's all right. As a matter of fact, I had nothing to say in the matter. Captain Sweeney's the one who said it was okay for you to be here. You seem to stand ace high with him. Oh, gee, that's certainly swell of him. Now, listen, kid, aren't you supposed to be at ground school this time of the afternoon? You're sure you're not playing hooky? <laughs> no, no. Honest, I'm not, Speed. Mr. Banks said I could come. He said I was way ahead of the rest of my class. All right, Jimmy, but don't ever neglect your ground school. It's most important. But I think I gave you a lecture on that several days ago. Yes, you did, Speed, and I haven't forgotten it. Hey, but tell me, what kind of test are you going to make on this plane? Well, I don't know yet myself, Jimmy. Captain Sweeney will be out here in a minute to tell me what he wants me to do. I understand certain tests were run yesterday by Captain Carver, a regular Air Corps officer. Oh, I'll bet I know when that was. We were in classroom yesterday afternoon taking an exam, and we heard this most terrific roar. It sounded as though about 20 airplanes were diving straight down from 8,000 feet. Yeah, I heard it too, Jimmy. I was over in my office at Grand National Airways. But that wasn't anything to what you'll hear this afternoon, if my guess is correct. Why, Speed? I'm not sure, but I think Captain Sweeney wants me to run the general maneuverability tests. Well, can you do that in a jet plane? Jimmy, this jet will do anything. It has dual power. It has not only a jet engine, but the standard internal combustion engine for maneuverability. Oh, so you mean that in this plane, you'll be diving and spinning and flying on its back and everything like that, huh? Right you are, kid. If that's what he wants, I'm going to dive this crate straight down for about 35,000 feet. When I come out of that dive, she'll probably be making more speed than any ship has ever made before. Wow. Well, here comes Captain Sweeney. How are you, Captain? Well, hello. How are you, Robertson? Fine, sir. Glad to see you out here, too, Jimmy. Well, thank you. It, it, it was very kind of you to allow me to come, sir. No, not at all. Now, here's what I want you to do, Robertson. Yes, sir? I want you to give this ship the usual maneuverability tests. Captain Carver took the ship up yesterday and checked her for stability. Everything was okay. Now, I don't think you'll have any trouble with her at all. Well, is there any particular order in which you wish me to give the test, sir? Yes, I'd suggest you take her off in a straight line without climbing too fast the first 2,000 feet. After all, this is still an experimental plane. Then, after having found the most efficient climbing angle, climb her as fast as you can to about 35,000 feet. Now, we want to see what she'll do in that respect. And then you can give her a general acrobatic test in that altitude without, however, spinning her. Then power dive the ship down to about 5,000, keeping accurate record as to your rate of acceleration and maximum speed developed. Then give her another general acrobatic test at that altitude. Then climb her again. Finally, from an altitude of about 10,000 feet, commence your spinning tests. First a normal spin to the left, then to the right. 
Now, finally, if you're not too low by that time, an inverted spin. Then come down and land. Yes, sir, I got it. I see the mechanic over at the ship is waving his hand now, so I guess he's ready to have you jump into the cockpit. Well, Mr. Russell, how are you? Fine, thank you. How do you do, Robertson? Hello, Russell. You, Alan? Howdy. Well, I'll be getting over to the ship. Uh, do you want to come, Jimmy? I guess it'll be all right for him to look inside the cockpit, won't it, Captain Sweeney? Sure it will. Go right ahead, Jimmy. When you get through, though, come on back here. Thank you, sir. After I left you last night, Captain Sweeney, I got to thinking. After all, there was a pretty wild story young Alan told us. We don't have a single thing on this major motto. And Speed Robertson has acted suspiciously. That's definite knowledge. Yes, that's very true, Mr. Russell. Uh, by the way, have you had any chance yet to check uh, on this major motto? Yes, I have. His passport is okay. I wired Washington and found out that the permission of both the state and war departments was asked and obtained before he came over to this country to learn to fly. I'm inclined to think young Allen's been reading dime novels. Well, maybe you're right. I wouldn't be much surprised. I used to read them myself when I was his age. The point I was getting at is this, Captain. Mm -hmm. Do you think it wise, inasmuch as Robertson is under suspicion, to allow him to make these flight tests? Well, I consider that very carefully, Mr. Russell. At the moment, all we have against Robertson is circumstantial evidence. No definite proof. Now, going on the assumption that he is guilty, we certainly don't want to make him suspicious. These arrangements regarding the flight testing of the jet fighter were made before any suspicion rested on him. And if I cancel them now, it might ruin our chances of pinning anything definite on him. That's very true. Now, if Robertson is really the one who is slowly making away with these plans, he won't learn any more from flight tests, the plane, than he knows already. And another thing. What's that, Captain? Flight testing an experimental airplane, especially spins and power dives, is always a dangerous procedure. Now, it's most dangerous when a plane has such a terrific speed as this jet plane has. Now, supposing Robertson were guilty, now, wouldn't it be poetic justice if he should... be killed? Yes. Great Scott Sweeney, look at that ship go. It moves so fast my eye can hardly follow it. That's the fastest airplane that man's hands have ever built, Mr. Russell. Well, here comes Jimmy Allen. There are a couple of things I have thought of since last night that I'd like to ask him about. Oh, gee, Captain Sweeney, what a crate. Well, that isn't an airplane at all. It, it's a skyrocket. You certainly hit the nail on the head, Alan. That's the way the ship impressed me, too, though I didn't think of that name. Say, Mr. Sweeney, does that ship have atomic power propulsion? Well, I'm not answering that, Jimmy, but there are several things I wanted to ask you. Now, isn't it quite possible that you could be wrong in your interpretation of the conversation you overheard last night? Why, uh... I guess it's possible, Captain Sweeney, but I don't think so. As you probably know, Jimmy, the Central Flying School is the local distributor here for several different kinds of commercial planes. Now, perhaps this major motto has been dickering with the school for the plans of some commercial ship, perhaps to be used by his country as a training plane. Well, sir, I don't think that... Perhaps, Jimmy, you have been reading dime novels. No, sir, honestly, I haven't. There's Robertson. He's up about 2,000 feet now and headed back this way. He started the climb up to 35,000. Oh, boy, look at him go up. Man, I never believed the ship could climb as fast as that. Hey, look, he's standing straight on his tail. Jimmy, I'll wager that ship is climbing at better than 8,000 feet a minute. 
Do you think that it's climbing faster than those special jet planes the Royal Air Force has over in England? Well, I can tell you this much, Jimmy, but keep it under your hat. This ship you're watching right now will outclimb any other ship in the world, at least a thousand feet a minute. Let's see, Alan. You said this friend of yours, uh, what was his name, Croft? Oh, yes, sir, Dick Croft. That he was with you when you overheard this conversation. Yes, sir. We may want to listen to his account of that conversation. Can you get him any time? I believe so. Did you tell him not to say anything concerning what he heard? Yes, sir, I did. Well, you used your head there. Roberts is up to 35,000 feet. He's putting the ship through the acrobatics now. Hey, look at him swoop around. Why, that ship's faster than a hummingbird. Or a mosquito. And it'll sting like one, too, when we get the new guns on her. Well, I think he's just starting into a power dive. I don't see how you can tell what he's doing. One second he's nothing but a blur and the next a mere speck. He is in a dive. Look, he's already lost about three or 4,000 feet before we could say Jack Robinson. Why, I can hardly believe it. It's absolutely incredible. Well, if I'm any judge, that plane's traveling faster than any plane has ever traveled before. Oh, gee, Captain Sweeney. Do you think his wings will stay on when he levels out? Well, Jimmy, the plane was constructed to stand that kind of a stress. Anyway, that's what we're having Robertson make this test for. Great Jerusalem. The ship's beginning to level out. Right, but he's just now reaching the most dangerous part. Well, those wings are staying on, and I wouldn't have believed it possible. Well, look. He's going absolutely straight up. And with the speed he's got, he'll continue to go straight up for another 10,000 feet. Looks like he's leveling out again. He is. He's going to perform those acrobatics I told him to do. Hey, hey. Look at him go. Look at that vertical turn. Now he's flying on his back. That's a sweet maneuvering ship, and I don't mean perhaps. Look at that slow roll. What's that, Captain? Oh, I know. That's an Immelman, isn't it? <laughs> I see you know your acrobatics, Jimmy. He's climbing again. Yes, I guess he's going back upstairs now to start the spin test. Then he'll be through. You know, Captain Sweeney, I can hardly believe my eyes. I begin to see now, from a military point of view, how valuable that ship is. Yes, seeing is believing. And believe me, if anybody appeared with a ship like that during the war, every pilot in the air would have been cold turkey for him. Hey, he must be up to about 30,000 again. He's just a speck. Why, I can hardly see him. He's cut his power now. He's starting into a spin. I can't tell which way yet. Oh, I see. It's to the left. Great Scott, look at that ship whirl around. What in the world? Why doesn't he come out and go into a right-hand spin? He's already lost over 5,000 feet. He won't have any time left for an inverted spin. Oh, gosh. The ship doesn't show any signs of coming out, Captain Sweeney. No, by George, it doesn't. And he's down to about 10,000 now. Say, he's directly over us. I'm going to get out of the way. He's in an uncontrollable spin. He would have come out long ago if he hadn't been. For heaven's sake, Robertson, bail out before it's too late. Speed! Speed Robertson is beyond any human control except that of his own. You will hear the finish of this thrilling 35,000-foot spin when you tune in for the next thrilling episode of The Air Adventures of Jimmy Allen. <laughs>